I'm Anya, and I spent decades compartmentalizing and suppressing the different parts of myself. I woke up at age 40 exhausted, confused, and completely out of alignment. These days, I am definitely not your run-of-the-mill bored housewife. So if you are tired of the shame narrative around sex and pleasure, and you're ready to be all facets of yourself, let's create sexual alchemy. This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back, loves. It's so good to have you here. I'm so delighted that you have returned yet again to hear the story of another individual who has gone through their own alchemization of their sexuality. Today we are talking to a woman that I feel truly honored and lucky to know. She is a force to be reckoned with. She is a straight shooter and she is a badass goddess. Kelly Tennant Moore, y'all, she's Kelly Moore now. She just got married a few weeks ago. She has already created the life of her dreams and she's merely an early 30-something. In the wake of leaving behind a career in TV broadcasting that many would have died to have had, Kelly dug deep. She dug deep and went headfirst into the world of personal healing, spirituality, and sexuality. And today, Kelly is living in the foothills of Colorado with her husband, Connor, and their fur babies. And together, they run an amazing production company, without which Sexual Alchemy would not be here today. They together run Soulfire Productions, which is a company that really puts their weight behind podcasts that they believe have a message that they want to put out in the world. And not only is Kelly a badass executive of Soulfire Productions, she started it, she's running it, but she also has her own awesome show that really sits at the intersection also of spirituality and sexuality. So if you haven't heard about it yet, I really encourage you to look her show up. I'm honored that she's here today telling her story. And what you're going to notice is we're going to jump right in here. I mean, Kelly and I have known each other for a little bit. And so we jump right in under the premise that maybe you all know the same things that I know about her, which is that she and her husband have really dove into the world and realms of figuring out what their relationship container looks like. So if you haven't had the privilege of listening to any of Kelly's conversations on other people's podcasts or on her own, and also, by the way, she and Connor have an amazing show of their own called OK Babe, in which they really dive into this stuff. Kelly and Connor did the brave work, right? They jumped in. They started looking at what would be fulfilling to them. They started pushing some of their boundaries and limits. They pushed at their edges, right? And what they discovered in pushing at their edges is that Kelly's bisexual and she has a deep desire to learn about her attraction to women, to facilitate relationships with women. And she and Connor have taken some really amazing steps to bring women into their life to enhance their relationship container. And that's where we dive in today. We jump in knowing that Kelly has this attraction to women that she and Connor have brought individuals into their relationship to see, you know, what, what enhances it and what doesn't, frankly. And we talk about the real stuff. We talk about the real stuff about her relationship with her bisexuality, her relationship with women, she and Connor's relationship as they embark on a new marriage and anything that might be freaking her or them out at this moment in time. As I said, we recorded this literally like within 10 days of their marriage. And so we got some really interesting nuggets and tidbits about where this bride-to-be was on the eve of what is a huge commitment and beautiful celebration of life. So put on your seatbelts, strap in. We have a fun, delightful conversation, and hopefully it will give you yet one more example of the alchemization that somebody can go through when they are willing to look at their sexuality and integrate it into the wholeness of their being. So here we go. My conversation with Kelly. 
It's so fun to be here with you. I know. I'm so happy. <laughs> I know. I told you when I like texted you to see if you would be on the show that like you're one of my dream guests. Oh, thank you. So the fact that you're coming on early means I really have some work cut out for me. Oh, my God. I'm just like, yeah, keep that close to you. OK. Um, I like talking to it. I pretend it's a dick in my mouth. Ooh, I'm good at that. <laughs> it's a dick in my mouth. I'm good um, <laughs> I'm just really proud of you. This is like a huge undertaking and God, I know you're sharing a lot, a lot. <laughs> and I, I really respect that. And you're oh, going to help so many you. people, including me. So thank you. Well, thank you. You've helped me a lot too. So <laughs> very appreciative. Uh, well, you, you sit on, well, you have your own show and then you sit on lots of people's shows and talk about your story. So I'd really love to talk about some topics with you today that you haven't had the chance to explore with others. And you've just kind of let me in on the fact that there's always new things happening in life. So you yeah. have some new things. And you mentioned that your relationship to women intimately has been shifting a little bit lately. So I would really love for you to talk a little bit about that because you have been vocal about the fact that you obviously have your relationship to your fiance, very soon to be husband. Yes. But you also have learned that you have this love of women. And so talk a little bit about where it's been, where it is now, where it feels like it's heading. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really interesting. My relationship with girls growing up was, you know, I was bullied and a lot of jealousy. I was really good at, in school and at volleyball and I was really tall. So I just got like a lot of attention and didn't feel good, you know, for other little girls, which I understand. And I was very bossy too. I should throw that in there. I don't want to, you know, throw them under the bus. Totally. I was kind of a bitch. And, um, <laughs> so I kind of had this belief that having female relationships that were quality and healthy wasn't yeah. really possible. And then I get into college athletics, same shit. And then I get into television and it was almost worse because it was like 40 year old women who were oh, bullying yeah. me at 25 in television. And I'm like, are you serious? Let's talk about their insecurities. Yeah. And I mean, I, I do get it. Um, but I also, it just continued to, uh, remind me that it wasn't possible to have good relationships with women. And it wasn't really until Connor, um, we started dating and I started realizing that I had romantic sexual feelings about women and I started to explore, okay, am I bisexual? What is this? And it was in that exploration and in our relationship healing with women that I've healed relationships in non-sexual ways with women. Yeah. So it's been a deepening of intimacy, actually being naked with women, and then a deepening of in intimacy in just having incredible female friends. Yeah. And I didn't anticipate that having sex with a woman was also going to heal all of my female sisterhood wounding. Mm. And I'm like, oh, this is magic because, you know, sex is great, yeah. but there's so much more that's available to us. Yeah if you are open to it. And so I think that's been really interesting. And then the other thing that just happened, I had my bachelorette here and all my closest girlfriends came and they set up this sacred bath for me and they put dried flowers in and they brought out oils and they set the plants and the candles and they turned on this beautiful music and they all came around me and they all had their hands on me at one time. So I had six women touching me at once, massaging me, holding my head, kissing me on the forehead, telling me they love me, giving me love notes that I read in the bath while they were sitting there singing songs. And it was the most intimate experience I've ever had. And I feel, I feel like such a different person after that. And I feel like I've come full circle in the healing at this moment. Wow. Yeah. That's so much and so big. Yeah. Yeah, because not only like that's such a different way of relating to the women in your life that you love and to yourself. I think that's one thing that resonates deeply is that you said that your intimate relationships with women have like sexually intimate have healed the sisterhood wounds that you you experienced prior. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now you have these women now who are your sisterhood, you know, that are also healing you in that way. That's so deeply beautiful. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing too is I never would have been open to the experience I'm having right now three years ago. 
I didn't know any of this was okay. Whenever my friends and I hang out, we cuddle the whole time. We hold hands, we snuggle, we like inappropriately touch touch each other in funny ways. And it's just, it's easy and it's normal. And even being with women in a sexual way, I didn't know that I would ever do that or that was possible. And I I have to give myself credit because I don't think, I, I know I don't do this enough and I don't think most of us do. To be like, fuck, man, I did the fucking work. I worked so hard to get to the point where I was open to receiving this kind of love. Right. That's what it takes. Mm. And it does, right? Yeah. I, I want to reflect back to you because I think I had a similar experience when I realized that I'm bisexual and I started really enjoying exploring relationships with women. I had a very, com- who hasn't had yeah. a complicated relationship with their body their whole life, right? I'm very short. I'm not, I'm, I'm short, but I'm not petite. And so, you know, I always like have felt like awkward in my own body. And I think it has taken me having experiences adoring other women's bodies of all shapes and sizes to really be okay with my own and healing that relationship with myself. And so I love that you had that experience too, because there's so much healing that can be had in this intimacy with same sex partners. And also then it can heal those friendships. And then a funny thing, (laughs) I don't know if you've had this experience with girlfriends, but like just girlfriends, not like sexual partner girlfriends have wondered in now understanding that I now have this interest in women. They're like, so are you, is, are things weird between us now? And I'm like, (laughs) no, but have you had that? Have any of your girlfriends like felt like a little awkward or wondered if you're like, so are you into me kind of thing or no? I mean, they just, they just make a lot of sexual jokes to me and they're, I mean, they think it's great. Um, and they know all the details of every experience I've had so far. I'm like, and then she sat on my face and then (laughs) I did this. They're like, oh my God, their jaws are dropped. And it's just so funny, but I haven't had that. I think I've had more people come out of the woodworks admitting to me that they're also bisexual. Like mm-hmm. I just had two really good friends come out to me uh, in the last couple of weeks, both married with kids. Mm-hmm. And they're like, um, yeah, so I don't know if I want dicks or I only want them sometimes, but I need to be with a woman. And I didn't know this. Wow. And so I think that's what's been really cool is that we're all sort of open to admitting, OK, we're, we're kind of on a spectrum here. And yeah you said it's okay. So maybe I can explore that for myself. Well, yeah, you're paving the path for women in your life, which is a beautiful thing to do. It's a very vulnerable thing to do, Yeah, but it's, it's a beautiful thing to do. I love the experience that you described of the bath and the laying of the hands and just that connection that you had with these women in your life. I just think it seems like the most beautiful way to, to celebrate your sovereignty as a single woman stepping into this marriage container that you've decided to enter into, but just like allowing them to just really shower you with like all that love and all of that sweetness. Yeah, it was, you know, it's funny because again, I tell this group of girls everything. And so a week before they came, I was telling them about how I felt like I was dying. I'm like, not in a bad way, like, oh no, I'm dying because I'm marrying Connor. (laughs) Uh, But like an there's a big part of me that is dying and is not going to move forward in this next iteration of me. And I get to become someone else to be who I want to be as Kelly Moore. Yeah. And they really listened to me kind of air it out. Cause I, you know, when you have a feeling, but you don't know how to describe it and you're like, I don't know. All I feel is anger and I feel kind of fucked up and I feel like I'm dying, but I don't know why I was finally able to verbalize it. Just being able to verbalize it was such a huge deal. It was like a huge weight lifted off me. I'm like, Oh, that's why I'm mad. Okay. Got it. And then to see the way they responded five or six days later, literally putting me in water to rebirth me, Mm -hmm. to show me that it is not about a loss. And yes, there's a part of me that gets to stay as it was, but it's really about everything I'm gaining because I feel like in this marriage, I'm also gaining deeper friendships and partnerships with women, the women that we end up being together sexually with and the women who are already in my life. And it was such an incredible reframe for me because I was spiraling in the anxiety of, oh my God, I'm dying. And after that weekend, my anxiety was completely gone. And I was like, oh, I'm being rebirthed. I'm growing. I'm I'm getting more love in my life. 
and I am open to it. Mm. And it was just so cool that they were that in tune with me to Mm -hmm. see me and to hold me physically in that way. Yeah. I mean, that's something you're not going to forget. No. Yeah. Yeah. So you just mentioned this and I wanted to talk about this as well. The identity shift, right? So you've been Kelly Tennant your whole life. It sounds like you're going to become Kelly Moore. Are you changing your name? Okay. So changing your name, new identity, but also just, yeah, this concept of this identity shift. So go a little deeper there. Like talk a little bit more about what you're recognizing right now in terms of that shift. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm realizing that I have such a deep attachment to how people have always seen me. Mm. And I have, I just realized this. I haven't realized it until this moment. I have a deep attachment to what Kelly Tennant has achieved in her life because Kelly Moore hasn't done shit. (laughs) But what an amazing blank slate you have. Right. But like no one knows who Kelly Moore is. Totally. And that is so scary. Totally. I mean, I was on the cover of Volleyball Magazine. I was one of the top recruits in the country at 12. I You have a story. You know that fucking story. Yeah. And if you care to Google me, there's seven other (laughs) stories you can hear about. But like, that's how people know me. And even, I mean, my dad calls me Kelly Tennant still. Yeah. Like, it's just how people know me. And so I am, I am nervous to start from scratch in a way. Yeah. I'm nervous to do things differently than I ever have. Um, and I think I'm also nervous about what marriage is. Mm. I mean, you don't have a conventional marriage. Don't. We're not going to have a conventional marriage, but at the same time there I was going through um, this fear of being stuck and almost a prisoner in my marriage. Like, oh my God, are you the last person I'm going to sleep with or kiss? Or, I mean, no, we already have plans for someone coming <laughs> over like two weeks after our wedding, which I find hilarious. I'm like, really? This is what, this is what Kelly Moore does. <laughs> this is what Kelly Moore does. Um, it's my new sexy alter ego. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Um, But yeah, so there's like different layers of it where it's like, I'm no longer going to be on my own. Even if we got divorced, I'll still be, you know, it's Connor's ex-wife or the mother of his children or whatever. Right. We're tied. And so I think there's just different parts of me that are confused. I feel kind of caged. I feel like I'm letting go too much. Mm. It's like different ends of the spectrum at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I'm also... I'm going to a level of trust I never have before. I've never been in this long of a relationship, let yeah. alone married somebody. Right. And I'm like, wow, okay. I like really get to trust you now. Yeah. We really get to commit in this way. I'm the person who, as soon as something goes wrong, I bail. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time I've never done that. And so it's just, it's just a lot of unknowns, I think, at the yeah. end of the day. And the way you just said that at first, it sounded like you were talking about trust you've never trusted like this before and now you have to. And it sounded like you were talking about Connor, mm-hmm. but then the next few sentences you said, it's really about yourself. Always, It's really the trust for yourself. And yeah. can you go there? Well, here's the thing. I've never said this before and I hope that your community understands. I'm sure they will. <laughs> they like you. Maybe they'll get me. Um, I had this, I have, I have deep abandonment wounds, which leads me to, I am so scared Connor's going to leave me. Mm. And so I have been playing this story and narrative out for the last two and a half years and being kind of psychotic sometimes and really needy and like the monkey on his back, like, don't leave me. Oh my God. And really annoying. And I finally realized probably two weeks ago, I'm actually not scared of him leaving me. I'm scared. I'm going to leave him. I'm scared. I'm the one that's going to cheat. And that was really fucking hard to like realize and sit with. And I mean, I haven't even said that to him because I don't know how you start that conversation. (laughs) Um, I don't think either of us are going to do that, but it's like, oh, I'm projecting all of my don't do this. That's bad. It's not okay." onto him. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm straight chilling. Like, we're good. I'm really scared that it's me. Like I'm going to be feel stuck or there's something's going to be enticing and I'm like free love, you know, and run off. And it's, it's nerve wracking. Yeah. Well, and it's easier to put the pressure on him not to do something. right? Because if you do that, then you're like, I'm sitting here straight chilling. I know I'm not going to do anything wrong. 
but we all have this capacity within us, right? Yeah. To live out our worst wound as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. and you know, I, <laughs> I never thought I would hook up with someone else while I'm with another person. And I, I was with this woman we are dating and we call her Roxanne and we were dating her for about six months. And I was doing that with her. We, we did a handful of times, like maybe four or five times, just us alone. And Connor knew, I just never thought I would do that. And then I never thought I would like it so much to be away from the person I love more than anything in the world. Right. And I'm like, Oh, I like long to be with her. I couldn't wait to go to her place and for us to put on our sexy lingerie and like take things off slowly and be super sexy together. Just all the things that we don't do with men. Right. And I like loved it. It like filled me up in a mm. God. I mean, you know, I can't I'm like my vagina is wet now. I'm like, Oh my Mine God, too. that was the hottest <laughs> shit ever. And I loved it. And that scares me. Absolutely. <laughs> because when you think that you are only supposed to have that for this other person and then you experience it and not only experience it with somebody different, but in a way that you hadn't thought of, like you didn't think you were going to explore her outside of the three of you. Yeah. You only thought you would explore her that way. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then to enjoy it so much and then you recognize, oh, I have capacity here too. Yes. I have responsibility to myself to now this relationship container and then we get to define what that looks like. Right. right. Yeah. But you do have a blank slate right now. And that's all. It's a beautiful, it's amazing. And it's a lot of fucking pressure it because is. can Kelly Moore live up to what Kelly Tennant did? Mm -hmm. Question ooh. of the year. Ooh, ooh. I'm going to journal well, about that later. <laughs> well, and the answer is yes, absolutely. Like you're only just getting started, right? Yes. Like a lot of what you have the story of is amazing. I mean, you've done so much in your life already. And you don't have to say how old you are, but you're way younger than me I'm and I'm 44. Yeah. So yeah, you're 11 years younger than me and you're already manifested this amazing, beautiful life for yourself. Thank you. And you've been through iterations that have been really fucking hard, but they've also really taught you a lot of beautiful things. Yeah. You know, what's so interesting that I just thought of while you were saying that was like, I didn't even like myself as Kelly Tennant. No. Yeah. I like really, I mean, I was suicidal multiple times in my life. I very much did not like myself. and. But it's why I ended up leaving television because I looked at myself in the mirror one day and I was like, who the fuck are you and how did you get here? Like, mm -hmm. I didn't even recognize myself. I think that's when I woke up, like my third eye opened that day. And I, I think that's what I'm also grappling with is because it's weird. I don't understand how you're supposed to deal with two separate, two opposite emotions. Like I am so angry to not get to be Kelly Tennant anymore. And at the same time, never liked her. What mm -hmm. is that? <laughs> it's the human condition. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like crying and laughing at the same time. Right. I remember I did that for the first time a couple months after Connor and I started dating and I was crying and then he was making me laugh and then I was crying and I said, I don't understand how I can cry and laugh at the same time. <laughs> and he was like, that's normal. It's okay. And I was like, oh, really? And right. that's my, that's my first like integration into dualistic emotions. Right. I didn't know that you could do that. <laughs> the equal and opposite reaction yes. thing is real. Right. It's yeah. like, let's bring this into your show. This is something that comes up for me a lot. My deepest fantasies are the thing that things that I am the most scared of. Absolutely. It's like, oh my God, I fantasize and masturbate to him fucking somebody. Yes. But then put that in front of me. And it can be so terrifying. Absolutely. And there's just a million examples of that. Oh, yeah. And that's so confusing to me because I will whisper these dirty things into his ear when we're having sex alone. Yes. And then if it comes to life, I wouldn't say a majority of the time. A majority of the time I'm chill. I would say 30 to 40 percent of the time. I am having an internal meltdown and right. I'm like, wait, I don't understand. This is the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life right now. Two nights ago, I was whispering this to him in his ear, like having an orgasm sitting on top of him. Like, right. how is this possible? Right. Well, because we do, I mean, shoot, this is a commonplace occurrence in my life and yeah. in my relationship. And a couple of examples I can, and can point out just to make you not feel alone. Thank you. Right. In our craziness. Before my husband brought up this concept of cuckolding to me in our relationship, probably for four months before that, I had silently been stalking people on Instagram who I knew were in open relationship containers. And I was fascinated by it and I wanted to learn more about it. And I was obviously turned on by it, but I didn't even realize it. 
he brings up this concept to me. And my initial reaction is, I am a serial monogamist. I can't believe you would suggest that. I can't even think about going there. And a month later, I'm fucking someone else. Like we know that there's parts of us, this dualistic part of ourselves where like this identity is the one that I have to like stake the ground in, Mm -hmm. but it's not the one I want. Mm -hmm. And it's not the one that makes me feel the most whole. So you know how to be Kelly Tennant, but this other one, you don't know who this bitch is, but like you're going to learn and she's the one you really want to be. Yeah. And, and so we do this kind of thing to ourselves and also the dirty talk thing. It goes both ways. Like we can talk about something in the heat of the moment and I can either be being super dominant or I can, you know, whatever it might be. Five seconds later, after we've come, it's like, okay, aftercare sets in, we need to make each other feel safe again. And that conversation isn't happening. So then we have to feel safe. And then 24 hours later, it will either turn us on again or it will make us really angry. Like, yeah. and it's, it's just the same way because those are the shadows that we don't want to admit are hot and amazing, but they're still going to, there's something that they're triggering in us that we either want to explore subconsciously that starts to kind of raise itself up to our, to our conscious level. Okay. On that point, I have a question for you. So this is something I, I grapple with a lot is like, I want something. Well, there's two different scenarios. I want something and I know I want it because of how much it freaks me out. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, ugh, okay, I have to have this conversation with myself. Right. And so then I end up doing it and I'm like, yeah, that feels amazing. And we work with that. Then there's also, I'm, I really want to try this thing or maybe I don't want to try this thing, but I end up hitting an edge and a boundary. Mm. And then I, I'm hard on myself because I feel like I should push it because I pushed it over here. Like I'll just use a real life example. Yeah. Connor had sex with someone for the first time and it took us months and months and months to get there. Cause it was such a big deal for me. And I ended up loving it. And I was like, Oh, this is super hot. Great. I know I can do this. this mm-hmm. is, I don't even have to think about it. But then the idea of him, um, like having sex with someone without me there, mm-hmm. which how different is it? They're doing the same thing and I'm not there. I don't know, but it's such an edge for me. Mm-hmm. And I say, I say no. And that's not even on the table for us anyway. It doesn't matter, but I say no. And then I feel guilty because I'm like, push the boundary. Like you thought you were going to hate that and you loved it. Do this and try, but it makes me want to vomit. Mm. And I, so then I get stuck in this, do I want it? And that's why I'm freaking out. Or is this really a no for me? And right. like, that's where I stay. Yeah. Like what? I don't know. I think that's such a good question. These are things that we were working with a lot. I told you I went to this sexual shamanic training for a week and we talked a lot about boundaries and edge pushing and really getting in touch with our yes and our no. I think the answer is until it's a possible, maybe like I think the, the reality of this situation, what I'm hearing from you anyway, is that it's never not made you sick. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's still to me a no. Yeah. Um, because it's only when the maybe starts to creep in that you really are thinking, oh, this could be fluid, but it's still a no because it's a maybe. Mm-hmm. Because it's not a yes until it's a fuck yes, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So you know yourself enough to know that. And if you really want some psychoanalysis from somebody who's really literally unqualified to give it, <laughs> think about how much when you were able to be alone with Roxanne, how much you enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. You don't want him to do that with somebody else right now. Right. That doesn't feel safe. No. It does not feel safe at all. So it's a no. But then I feel guilty because I get to do that. Like we always say, I have no rules and Connor has all of them. I mean, I don't get to be with men. Not that I want to be, but that that's a boundary for him. And then he has, you know, seven rules. But I'm like, well, but you just hit the nail on the head. Well, you didn't really say this, but indirectly, Connor loves it when you're with other women. Yes. That's a turn on for him, Kelly. Mm-hmm. So you're both getting turned on. Right. Right. So it's a win-win. Mm-hmm. And it feels like you're the one who's getting to win. But like there's this concept of compersion that maybe he absolutely would not feel for you to be with another man. But there's compersion and turn on for him. He loves that you're getting your need met, but he also loves that he's getting his need met. Yes. But you don't have that need and you don't have that turn on. So for you, it's, you know, it's one thing to watch him with another woman with you in the room or you in the bed. But yeah, I think, I think that we really need to trust our internal guidance system a lot more than we do. Mm -hmm. And I think the simple fact of the matter is, yeah, there are certain edges that get pushed 
that you immediately know, like, mm, that's a no, but I'm also a little bit titillated by it. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to trip away. But if it doesn't start, like, it's still a no. So, yeah, I love that. Thank you for saying that. It might make me feel a lot better, actually. Are you the type of person who um, you have to say no before you can get to your yes? Like you have to say no and explore why you're saying no before you can be like, actually, I definitely want to do that. (laughs) I think I think for sure in a lot of ways. Yeah. Most of the time. I mean, there are very there are a handful of circumstances I can think about even in the last year where it's been presented to me and it's an automatic full body fuck yes. But there's probably an equal number of full body fuck no's that have turned into a yes very quickly once I was like, why was that such a fast no? Okay, where, and then you're doing that analysis that you're doing right now. Why is this my edge? Is there a place in there that I'm actually feeling some turn on? And I'm not even talking sexual, intellectual, emotional, whatever. Some sense of turn on there. And once I start to really navigate that and, you know, you do that kind of stuff long enough, you really start to understand yourself. So, yeah, I, I think a lot of the time I am somebody who has to explore a hell no first. Yeah. But I'm a lot less quick to be a hell no these days. I think the last few years has shown me just sit with it. Have mm-hmm. a little neutrality for a second. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I've never been a yes girl. Like straight up, my first word was No. Like that was my first word in I this world. I love that for you. And so I, I just find myself saying no to things so quickly. And it often causes Connor and I to get in a fight. Cause he's like, sure. Jesus Christ. Like, why is this such a no? Because he is such a yes man. Oh my God. Like it is so frustrating being in a relationship <laughs> with this man. <laughs> Let me just go marry him Which real quick. Which is why it works. <laughs> it's exactly it. Oh my God. It's so funny. I would kill him if he was like me. Um, <laughs> But I just find myself saying no so much. And I definitely say yes way more than I used to. But it is really hard for me to be open to something before I can like fully think it out. Like, here's everything that can go wrong. Here's all the reasons I would love it. Here's how I'm going to be open to it. Here's how I'm going to surrender. And then I come back to him and I'm like, okay, I thought about this thing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm interested. I don't know if I want to do it, but here we are. And it's so funny. It usually takes me a few days and he knows I'll just like come back in. I'm like, can we talk? <laughs> but I just, I, I don't know. That's my process. And that's, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Right. But it's like, oh, okay. I bet he's getting used to that too. Mm-hmm. And you know yourself. And it, and at some point it does start to shift a little, um, you know, I mean, after, I think it took me probably about 42 years of my life to start getting to the point where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm seeing myself show up here. I'd like to show up in a different way now. Yeah. So how can I do that? Mm -hmm. So it's, and it's not about age. It's just, it's just whatever our process is. But I think, I think if you had to look back on yourself when you met Connor and you guys first started relating the way that in this relationship, you know, I I bet you've changed a ton. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. We're both different people. Right. Of course. And so you're already getting there. So just think like, okay, in two and a half more years, I think that's about how long you guys have been Mm -hmm. together, but like in two and a half more years, where will you be? Yeah. And it'll be so much different. And I, I've thought about that for my husband and I too, you know, where we started out when we met four and a half years ago versus where we were when we got married four years ago. And then when, where we were, when we started stepping into a totally different kind of relationship container two and a half years ago versus where we are now. Every one of those is a different relationship. Yeah. And we get the opportunity to kind of grow and change alongside of each other, but we really do morph and change. And hopefully if we're with a person who is an equal for us, you know, for the better, both of us. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because I think a lot of look, a lot of people look at the way we live, people like us in, in unconventional dynamics. And they're like, oh my God, I don't understand how you can do that. That's so crazy. And I'm like, but, but to me now, looking at a standard conventional American relationship and having a white picket fence and doing like the dance, that sounds terrifying to me. And it's so interesting, but if you really look at it, I feel like the things that we do in opening up our relationships and just being open to having different experiences allows for a level of communication and a foundation and relationship that oftentimes you're not forced into in a regular marriage. 
whether maybe you go through, you know, something hard, like a family member dies or there's this like tragic event and it forces you together and you have to have hard conversations, but that's not normally what's happening. And so I feel like this type of dynamic is so supportive to a healthy relationship and one that is long lasting because you get to check so many boxes. And at the end of the day, you are so much more actively choosing each other every day. And you're so much more actively communicating because you have to, otherwise it won't work. And I just really feel like if people understood it from that scope, they would see it so differently. But I know how I felt about this three years ago. I'm like, yeah, right. Like there's no, I didn't even know half the words that I am at this point. (laughs) Totally. Um, so I don't know. That's just what came to mind as you were talking. I'm like, I feel like this lends itself to the healthiest, longest lasting version, not only of a relationship, but also of ourselves Mm -hmm. and the new iterations of us that get to be birthed in every experience. Right. No, I couldn't agree more because, and I will never yuck someone's yum. Mm. And if monogamy and a traditional setting works for them, that's so amazing and wonderful. But I will say that for myself and the type of person that I am and my husband are, we would be both intellectually bored. We'd be emotionally bored. We would also not be fully communicative, like in, in the relationship itself. And I think that there's just, you have to put so much intentionality into the connection you have with your primary partner, if that's even your setup, to maintain a healthy relationship. And so for me, I don't think I, you know, we talk a lot about it and I always, you know, the safety valve for both of us is super important. And if one of us needed to pull the ripcord, are we capable of doing that? Can we say, yes, we'd go back to this? Sure. It's the fact that we know we're willing to do that, that keeps us in safety and wants to keep exploring and growing and deepening the relationship. And I think that for us, it would feel like the death knoll if we decided to just kind of go back to living in a very specific structured way. Yeah. So I totally get that. I think too. And I believe, you know, some people are monogamous and they're super happy and stoked and having great sex. Totally here for you. Uh, you're rare. So I'm talking to everybody else, everybody who's (laughs) not curious or willing to do this, the stuff that's scary. Yeah. It's like, I just think that if we could explore ourselves a little more and say yes, a little more to ourselves, there would be so much magic in the dynamic created. I remember Connor and I were having a conversation a few weeks ago and I said something like, are we fucked up? Like this feels, I don't know. Like this is so just such an odd conversation to have right now. And he's like, babe, this is our kink. Like, this is what we do. He's like, I'm not really into lingerie and you're not into, I don't know, whatever. And this is like our thing. Mm -hmm. We like talk to girls together. We hook up with girls together it's like what we do. It's not weird. It's just what we choose. And I was like, Oh, and just being able to have that conversation alone, like nothing ever happened. Right. But it's really cool to be able to kind of lay things out and say really honestly, Oh, this is bringing up this insecurity or this is how I feel about this person. And this is what I want to explore. Oh my God. The sigh of relief. I think we can all take when we are just more of that. Right. Well, and I think too, another topic I'd really love to explore a little with you is you know, you just described your guys' container a little bit. Like mm-hmm. you you actively or naturally, organically find people that fit within your container, women that that you guys would want to explore threesomes with. Mm-hmm. And that could turn into a relationship. Maybe sometimes it's just intimacy, whatever. Whatever that looks like for you guys. Whenever you step into a, a different type of container, we start to like label ourselves, right? So I'm a cuckoldress. I am this. Like this is what this looks like you, you guys have your container. What, a what about the consideration that like, once we say yes to this in general, that opens us up to a whole world of things that maybe we don't know we're saying yes to, or that we don't know could present themselves. So for example, um, I know you guys dated Roxanne for a bit and, and that feelings developed, right? Mm-hmm. And so is that a complicated thing for you? Is that a complicated thing for you and Connor? If feelings come up and the big L word starts to enter into the picture, is is that something you guys contemplate ahead of time? Or is that something that you're just, we're going to roll with it and see what happens and we'll figure it out as it comes? Yeah. I mean, we hadn't really had a lot of those conversations because we had never dated someone consistently. It had always been like we hook up with them once or twice and then it's done. Mm-hmm. And I liked that 
But at the same time, I never felt emotionally connected, which was really hard for me. But I like the I didn't feel unsafe because she wasn't around all the time and she wasn't like a normal part of our lives. And then Roxanne came into the picture and it fucking complicated everything. Some of it in the best ways, some of it in the hardest ways. Sure. And it was very clear from early on because she was a listener of my show. So Mm. she knew like my whole life story. She knew everything about me. And Mm. so we and she was very much like me, like personality, the whole thing. And so we bonded really quickly and I immediately was like, whoa, like, I don't know what this is. And it got really overwhelming. And Connor was like making jokes like, oh, you're in love with her, blah, blah, blah. And I just like, I would laugh or I'd be like, no, I'm not. And just get really defensive. And so it's just like all this back and forth. And we finally talked about it um, like during, but especially after. And I was like, look, it's too much for me. Like having feelings like that for somebody, having someone have feelings for me like that, um, you know, falling for someone in that way, having like the emotional roller coaster of my own anxiety and then putting that on someone else. I can't handle that. Like it ruins the fun for me. It makes this, this anxious full-time job I now have to Mm -hmm. manage myself. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't because our relationship is already so enough for me. And oftentimes like so much going on. And I just, I don't have the capacity. Like I can't do anything else because it's all I'm thinking about. Right. And so I said, I just don't want that dynamic again. Like I don't, ideally, like if people don't live here, that would be awesome. And if we only saw them once or twice, that would be awesome. Mm -hmm. And it just feels easier. And it's, but it's hard because I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm working this out as I'm saying it. Like, I feel like I'm lying to myself in a way because I feel like all I want is what I had with Roxanne. And it's the one thing that like drove me crazy. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard. Like he even asked me yesterday, he's like, do you miss her? And I'm like, yeah, I really fucking miss her. Like I miss being with her. I miss being intimate with her. Like it's really hard. And um, at the same time, I'm like, God, that took so much out of everybody. And I don't know if that feels like a healthy dynamic for me. So right. I feel like that was a long story, but that's kind of where I am. It's like, we talk about it and I'm just really honest. And I'm like, yeah. this is where I am right now. And this is all I can say about it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it sounds like, you know, exactly where you are. And just because it happened and like, there were moments that felt good, doesn't outweigh the toll that it took on you emotionally, anxiety wise, all of that sort of thing. Yeah. And also thinking about all the other factors in your life right now, you know, whatever they are, it doesn't work for the, for the right now, Kelly, you know, and you never know, like down the road, maybe something different would work or whatever, but it sounds like you have like a really solid idea of, of what does work for you guys right now. And that knowing that is power as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, the other part of our dynamic that I think has been interesting that I didn't anticipate is I want nothing to do with finding girls. Like I, I'm like, yo, bro, I run a fucking company. We have two houses. We have dogs. We're like doing all this shit. I don't want to do it. I don't, I'd never done dating apps. Yeah. I want nothing to do with this. And he thinks it's the fucking greatest thing ever. And I'm like, have at it. Bumble boy. Like you go do you. He just got us our field, whatever yesterday. Yeah. And I'm like, go have fun. And I have told him to take girls out on his own and then bring it back to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that so much more. And I trust him. Like he knows the boundaries. They're not like touching, kissing and all the stuff until they come back to me. But he like goes out and he gets to flirt and see if the girl's like into us and what we like and blah, blah, blah. And I don't have to participate in the awkwardness. I'm like, just bring her back so I can have this cool experience with her. And it, it's really fun because we're both getting our needs met. Yeah. I just, I don't want to do that because it, it doesn't feel normal for me. I'm not, he's like a great pickup artist. Like he could pick up guys, like guys love him. It's just hilarious. Yeah. He just has that, you know him, he has yeah, that charm. Totally. Um, I, I just think it's stupid. Yeah. I'm like, this is a game. We want to have sex with a girl. Like this is what it is. I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. that makes me terrible, but like, uh, if it, if you're terrible, I'm terrible. Okay, great. <laughs> Cause I got nothing to do with that shit. My <sighs> husband picks out everybody that I'm going to speak with. Yeah. Yeah. 
our dynamics are quite different. Yes. But he picks out everybody because I don't have time for that bullshit either. But some people really love it. And for some of the women on on my side of the lifestyle, they're like, that's empowering to me Mm -hmm. to like pick the people and to do all of that. And I'm like, that's noise to me. Yes. So you please make sure that you vet them enough before I allow you to give them my Google voice number. They don't get my real number. Exactly. And then we will see if there's, you know, communication between us that kind of carries it forward. So so I'm with you. I'm yeah. so with you on that. But then I get all angry. I'm like, well, how often have you been talking to so-and-so and what have you guys been talking about? And he's like, uh-uh, you told me I could do this. You can't come in and be all fucking psychotic about it. And I'm like, Ugh, whatever, right. you know? And so that's a learning experience and a trust right. level too. It's like, yeah. he's talking to girls and like asking them sexual questions. Cause right. he wants to know like, is this going to work or not? Which is what I want him to do. But then I get mad at him and he's just like, we're never fucking doing this again. I'm over it. We're monogamous. Blah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't I'm like, don't it. take the pussy away. <laughs> give her back. Give her back. Give her back. Totally. <laughs> totally. I have a feeling if we ever decide to leave the container that we're in behind, I think I could still have pussy. I think that's still yeah. something he would let me have. Yeah. Do you but, guys, are you ever with people together? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, you know, the way that we are together with someone is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there are times that he's present in the room, okay. part of the situation. Um, he, but he really loves to see me with women and he's not involved necessarily when I'm with women, but mm-hmm. you know, he, he enjoys being there. He likes it when I, he also likes it when I make him do things to other women. Oh yeah. Of course it's consensual from for the other woman too, yeah. but like he really enjoys when I like turn him into like a, like a, a loan out, you know, situation, Mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah, we, we do do play together sometimes. Do you, have you ever done like, have you been swingers? No. Although one time we went to hedonism in Jamaica and there was a couple that we swapped. We did a full swap with. So a when you do that, you're with the husband and he's with the wife exactly. and you guys are separated or you're we all were in the same bed. We were oh, in like okay. a king bed together. Yeah. And that was, it was fun. Yeah. I would say that I was taking one for the team on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, because I loved the couple, but I didn't have attraction to, to the guy. Yeah. Um, I probably would have preferred being with her yeah. <laughs> to be honest, but then we can't just that like, work. leave. Unless poor. put the, put, I have this, like, I have, okay, I'm going to share this. God damn it. <laughs> Only because it. it's you woman. I love it. I have this fantasy of having Connor in one corner in a chair and a guy in another corner in a chair. And me and the other guy's girlfriend, wife, hooking up, and the two of them are only allowed to watch. Absolutely. I feel like that would be so hot because Connor wants nothing to do with other guys and dicks out and the whole thing. But I'm like, I feel like that would be so hot and it feels safe and the whole thing. I also, now that we're on the fantasy train, um, I also have this fantasy of finding another couple. Yeah. But only me and the wife hook up. Yeah. It's like we ha- we go on like our little dates together. And he's yeah. like, I even told this to him the other day. And he goes, so like me and the guy are just going to hang out while you have two beers. go off and have sex. And I'm like, yeah. Yep. And he's like, OK, <laughs> I just feel like that would be the perfect dynamic because it feels safe. And you're like, yeah. oh, I just like need to hook up with a girl and like be with you yeah. and then go back to my husband who I love. And then we can all hang totally. out. I'm like, is that possible, though? Like, do people do that? A hundred percent. Okay. I need to find them and figure out how they do this. Cause I think it's brilliant. Yeah, no, I think, I feel like this is a very manageable fantasy to okay. make a reality. Okay. Yeah, no, I have confidence in this for you. You can be my sex coach after this. I would love to do so. <laughs> my shamanic sex coach. Ooh, I know. I'm like, how do, how do I actually achieve shaman status? That's what I'm like. How does one, I mean, I, I get it in like the plant medicine world, mm-hmm. but in, in the sex world, I'm like, okay, when, when have I made it? Like, totally. you know, so that's, that's my journey. I got to figure that shit out. I need to set you up with, um, my somatic therapist, Heike. I yes, think I talked to you about her. Right? We've talked about it. And yeah. then Connor was telling me also about like, I don't know how to find her information, but I'll make sure Kelly gets it to you. So. Oh, well, I'll get it yeah. for yeah. sure to you today. To um, she is she is definitely a shaman yeah. in her own sexual right. In her, yeah. yeah. She's just so powerful, but she sings, she channels during her somatic Ugh. therapy. Um, and they have the most incredible monogamish relationship. Yeah. I just think you guys would vibe so much and yeah, she I mean, could teach you how to get there. I would love that. <laughs> mm, I love finding other people. I have, you know, I have a number of shaman in my life, but they are like a little bit different pathway shaman, mm-hmm. you know, a little, for sure more the plant medicine route. So, which I also enjoy and I love and want to incorporate somehow, but I don't know how it's all going to come together. 
Yeah. We'll figure it out. So I guess not really ready to close, but I do want, we can move in that direction. And, and some of the ways I'd like to do that is kind of like put you in a position to have to reflect upon, you know, okay. So Kelly Tennant of 10 years ago versus where you are today on the cusp of becoming your new identity. Like what either would you like, what are the ways in which you feel like you have integrated yourself more or maybe that's not even the right way to put it, but like the things that you look back on and that you have compassion for her for and where you are today. Like what are some of those bigger pieces of like the journey you've been on as adult Kelly Tennant and that you're ready to kind of say like, I bless you. I leave you behind now and Mm -hmm. I'm ready to like walk forward in this new identity. Wow. Sorry. Putting you on the spot. That is a, that may be the best question I've ever been asked. Um, wow. The first thing that came to me while you were talking was this idea of judgment. Mm. I became the girl I judged um, so harshly. And I've been so hard on myself my whole life. I mean, from like two or three, my mom said I was just so hard on myself. She never punished me because I punished myself. She's like, there's literally nothing I can do to you that's worse than what you're doing to yourself. And within the judgment, also judging of not being good enough and not being worthy and feeling like you're not smart enough to do this. You're just the hot girl. You're not the smart one who can run businesses and be an investor. That is my narrative. And so I really feel like that, that part of me and what I built over 33 years gets to now transition into a woman who I'm sure I'm going to judge because I am a human, but like doesn't come from a place of fear and judgment and really leans into more play and more joy. I read something, I think it was from another podcast the other day. And the speaker said something like, whenever I'm having a threesome with my husband and someone else, I only focus on love and it allows the insecurities and the jealousy and the fear to melt away. Mm. And it really struck me because I feel like I get to do that in every part of my life. Mm. It's like, if I focus on love or if I focus on play, those are two of my main core values. Then all of these judgments and fears and insecurities just will fall away because those are all above them. Those are all so much more magical and expansive than these little things. And I know that when I'm focusing on that part of me and those experiences, I'm not worrying about all this dumb shit. Right. That is valid, of course. Like my fears are valid, but they don't get to run me anymore. I feel like I've spent most of my life being run by my fear. And I feel like this next iteration who is a wife and hopefully mother next year, um, she gets to come from love and play. And she gets to really sit in that and receive that and know she is worthy of that type of life. That's gorgeous. Mm, Thank you. Thank you for asking me that. That was really nice to reflect on. Well, I think, I think it's a beautiful gift that you can give yourself, right? To kind of like wrap that up in a box and be like, okay, you know, we'll still have some of those moments, of course, but like I'm living life from a different place now, Mm -hmm. right? Like, center for you is not that. Yeah. 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 Mm, That's so good. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I could sit here and talk to you for hours. I know. I'm so grateful that you were able to like make some time to come on, even though you guys are running off to get married. Oh my gosh. This is the perfect send off. I love it. Mm. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, babe. And we will have to do this again. We will. 